You're listening to The Sparky Life, and I'm your host, Leah Lamella. Here we discuss women in the trades and how to construct your career. On this episode, I'd love to welcome our guest, Mackenzie Pearl. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, absolutely. I want to introduce everyone to you. This is Mackenzie Pearl. She is in the carpentry trade and has a passion for dressage. Mackenzie, do you mind telling everyone your height and weight? I'm five foot one and I'm like between 115 and 120 pounds. So I'm pretty small. <laughs> yeah. So the reason I bring this up is because most people have this misunderstanding that for women to be in the trains, we have to be some kind of six foot Amazon woman. And that's just not the case. No, definitely not. And you're currently in Maine, correct? Yeah, I live in a tiny little township right in the middle of Maine. We have a population of like 300 people. You've got a lot of awards up right there. Yeah, I do dressage. Mackenzie, you'll have to explain dressage because I personally did not know, although now that I've researched it, it's very beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so dressage is part of one of the um, like equestrian sports that they do in the Olympics. And there's different levels from intro to Grand Prix. Grand Prix is what they ride in the Olympics. And so I'm showing second level right now. And this year I actually qualified for nationals. So I'm going to Kentucky in a couple of weeks. So congratulations. Thank you. I'm very excited. (laughs) Okay. So like most of us, I'm sure you were told that after high school, the next step was going to be college. And it's during this time when many of us start to ask ourselves the question of who do we want to become? Mm -hmm. I know you mentioned you went to your first year of college when we spoke previously. Yeah, and I absolutely hated it. I only lasted one semester. So I decided to drop out, which everyone thought I was crazy for. I don't think you're crazy for. (laughs) Thank you. I think you're very brave, and I think you have great introspection that you knew so soon that that wasn't for you. And that's really brave because there's so much pressure that, oh, no, if you want to be successful... If you, if you want to have the right career, the right path, college is a must. That's not true. Right. I, I think that's a really good point because I think that it's something that's so pressured and it's not a path for everyone. Like you said, I mean, it's so pressured because it was like when I made the decision to drop out, I was less scared to drop out than I was just to, you know, answer the question, oh, what are you doing after high school? What are you doing now? Yes. Yes, yes. It's so intimidating because people make you feel like that is your only option. And it's absolutely not. Right. Speaking of the trades, what kind of got you into carpentry? So after I dropped out of college, I I ended up finding a full-time job at a hardware store. And I really, really loved that. It just wasn't enough money. It was just like a minimum wage job. And I have two horses and I'm building a house and, you know, trying to make myself into a little more of an adult and you just really can't live off that wage. When I was working at the hardware store, guys would come in that owned their own companies, whatever. And like, they were always impressed because they'd ask for something and I knew what it was. (laughs) It's the coolest thing. So (laughs) then I got like job offers left and right. So I decided to come back on one of those. One of the guys I used to wait on all the time, I messaged him and I was like, Hey, do you know anyone hiring? And he was like, yeah, me. Like, come work for me. So I was like, okay. Yeah, so it's very interesting that all of the tech companies are laying off 
tons of people. Yeah. And all of the trades are hiring and all of the trades are flourishing right now. Right. Exactly. So I think right now was kind of the perfect time to make that jump. And so it ended up being perfect. So tell me, what does your day-to-day look like? Give people a good representation um, what it is to be a carpenter. So with our schedule, they work pretty much five days a week, and we're just pretty much like eight to four. You take a lunch when you feel like it. He doesn't really time you or anything. I mean, you can take 10 minutes and eat a sandwich, or you can go to the store for an hour and get something to eat. We start at eight, so you just meet at the job site around eight, super laid back. It's not a huge deal if you're late, because I'm someone who's literally going to be late to everything for the rest of my life. (laughs) And that's it. You kind of just do your thing until it's time to go. So talk to me about doing your thing. Like, what are you actually doing? Kind of everything. So the last job that they were doing, I was on it for the last three weeks of it about. And so actually just this Monday, we cleaned up and left. It was a two-bay garage that they built for someone that they had done his kitchen last winter. So he invited them back or asked for them back, not invited. He's paying them. But (laughs) he asked for them to come build him his dream garage. So they built this 12-foot ceiling, you know, really deep two-bay garage. I got to see how to do blown insulation, metal, board and batten siding, steel siding. So I got to learn how to do that. Very cool. Some some roofing a little bit. Most of it was already done, but some of it they did with me there. Thing it was mostly finish work by the time I started there, which actually is my weakest point. So that was really good. He just kind of had me follow him around or whatever. And he was like, do you know how to do this? And I'd be like, yeah. And he'd be like, okay, go for it. And then he'd walk away and I would just do it. He didn't babysit me. He didn't stand over my shoulder and watch or pick on me about anything or anything. As long as he came back and he was happy with the result, that was it. No questions asked. I got it done. He was just happy. That's great. Super laid back. He apparently has a whole bunch of trust in me because he just asked me, do you know or do you not? And whichever answer it was, he just was like, okay. That's great. So what's what's the thing that you think that you are the strongest in when it comes to carpentry? Probably just like framing. Okay. I've never gotten to work on a straight building in my life. So I always <laughs> hated doing finish work. I've never worked on anything remotely level or square. So none of your math works. <laughs> so I really enjoyed being able to work on a nice building. Nice. Okay. Have you had any trouble with the crew? You Do you feel included? I feel super included. They have all been absolutely wonderful and super nice, and I appreciate them a lot. Kind of the same thing. If they felt like I needed help with something, they would offer, or they would like jump in and give me some advice. But other than that, they leave me alone. They don't stand over my shoulder. They don't babysit me. I just would be doing my thing on one side of the building, and they'd be doing something on the outside or the other opposite side of the room or whatever. Well, it's great that they give you, you know, so much independence. Obviously, there is a lot of trust in you and your abilities. What do you think the biggest misconception about women in trades? I feel like it's very looked down upon. And not I guess that's not necessarily just towards women, but just towards everyone in the trades in general. You know, a lot of people to put too much faith in having a certificate or a diploma and you don't need that to be successful whether you're a man or woman it doesn't matter i think too many people put too much faith in that they go in blind and come out in a lot of debt and then they don't end up getting a job and they don't know where they're going and 
So I, I liked that I could just show up and immediately be making good money, having good hours, have a good crew and feel welcome. And I think that's another big thing. Women feel like if they show up, they're, you know, the elephant in the room, like they're not welcome there. And I never felt that way when I showed up. Like that, they just looked at me and they're like, what's your name? I said, Mackenzie. And they're like, okay. So it wasn't a big deal. And I think some people expect it to be a big deal, but it shouldn't be. We're just showing mm -hmm. up to work just like the rest of everybody else who's there, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately, I have a lot more friends who went to college who spent six figures to go to colleges to come out and only be making 50000 a year. And they exactly. can't catch up. They can't catch up. And in the trades, a lot of the apprenticeship programs, you are literally paid to go to school to get your journeyman license in whatever trade you're interested in. And then you are making upwards of, depending on the trade, anywhere from 75000 to six figures. Exactly. It's way, way, way more than people expect. And not all of them are like that. No, it depends on the trade. Right. A lot of them are. I think more more than they realize. Right. And then you also were talking to me when we met about potentially doing the CDL. Yeah. So I think that's another thing that sometimes people look down upon. I think a lot of people forget that every single job in the world is important in some right. way, shape or form. You know, if the truck drivers stop, we have no food, we have no stuff. That's how everything moves. I mean, if your farmers stop, we have no food. I mean, I mean, even if you, if your garbage man stopped picking up your trash, you know, people would notice it's something that oh, too many people take for granted. They just yes. expect it and don't realize that until it's gone. You know, if your garbage man gets sick and they can't have someone to replace him, then your trash sits on your front lawn. So I think that too many people don't realize the importance of what others do. Yes. Yes. And a lot of the tradesmen that I know and work with, as well as tradeswomen, they're some of the most intelligent, brilliant people that I've come into contact with. And I think a lot of that has to do with when you're on the job, construction careers, something always goes wrong. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. And it's because you're forced to problem solve. Exactly. You have to adapt quickly and you have to make it work. And there's all these guidelines, rules, and regulations that you have to stay within for safety and for code, et cetera. Mm. And it really, really creates this inventive, innovative mind by being put in those types of situations. So what would you recommend to women who are interested or curious about the trades? Job shadow. 100%. Well, okay, follow great. someone around for the day. I mean, this, just this spring, we were talking about the CDL program. I went and rode with a milk, milk truck driver for the day. I had a blast. It was so much fun. He was so nice. He was so funny. I got to pet a bunch of cows. I got to run the milk pump on the back of the truck. I had such a blast that day. It was literally so much fun. My poor boyfriend, I came back and I like would not shut up about it. <laughs> I stopped by his work because they start at like 4 a.m. So I got out. It was like two o'clock and I was done with my, my day because I just followed him for his work day. He got to go home to his wife and kids. He was there when his son came home from school. You know, and I think that's another important thing is 
you don't want to miss out on things like that. And there's a lot of trades that'll have you working 80, 90 hours a week if you want them. But there's also a lot that you can, you know, run your life around. And so it doesn't have to be your entire life. But like he was able to be there for normal things with his kid. And some people aren't able to do that in certain jobs that they have. Another great thing about the trades is you're always learning something new. You're always growing. Exactly. I feel comfortable with who I work with and I respect them and know that they're knowledgeable. So I know that the knowledge I'm getting from them, I can count on. I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah, they've been really wonderful. I've thoroughly enjoyed all of this and I haven't enjoyed a job like this in a long time. So it's been really good. That's really, really great. Regarding carpentry in particular, is there a reason why you chose carpentry to begin or to start or as opposed to any other trade? Because there's so many. Um, I have horses and they like to break stuff a lot. <laughs> like I knew how to do a lot of stuff, but I never really had anyone like show me or like teach me the proper way. Like I could do it. But I didn't right. know if it was right. So I went in and I was like, I can do it, but you just need to show me how to do it properly. So he was like, yeah, that's fine. And he took me right in and has shown me all sorts of tricks and whatever and corrected things that I was doing. Not necessarily wrong, just like different. He's like, well, this is how I do it. Is this better for you? And I realized like, oh, I like his way better or I'm going to stick with my way because, you know, he's a normal man's height and I'm a midget. So <laughs> you know, certain stuff doesn't quite work out for both of us. There's another thing that I love about the trades. I feel like in other jobs, you have to do it a certain way. You have to stay within certain guidelines. And the beautiful thing about the trades and using your hands to build something and create something is there's so many different ways to accomplish the same goal. And what works for one person may not work for another person. And that's okay. And one big thing that I've learned this year is that I think everyone is put in your life for a reason. And sometimes that person is there to show you what not to do, what type yes. of person not to be, how not to run your life, how not to treat your employees or your family. Sometimes people are given to you on a platter as what not to do, you know, as yeah. a bad example. And you have to take those just like the people that you look up to and idolize, you know, they're really just as important and you have yes. to learn that information just as much. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Everything that I've learned as an electrician, the most important thing I've learned is to have the right tool to do the job. And I really apply this to life in general. Anything I do in my life, any type of goals that I have, I really feel strongly that it's about having the right tools. With everything you've learned in your life and where you are right now on your journey and your path, what type of tools do you have in your tool belt for this life's journey? I think it's very easy to hold yourself back, which I think is something that I have done for a long time. And actually, like you were saying, how you can apply it to so many other things. Just this summer, I was unloading concrete blocks with the tractor. My grandpa came out. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, unloading concrete blocks. And he's like, okay, well, why, like, why are you holding the brake? Quit holding the brake. Like, just let the tractor go. Let the tractor do its job. And I don't know why, but that just like really resonated with me that day. And I realized how much I hold myself back and I don't allow myself to do things that I'm perfectly capable of, 
or perfectly perfectly capable of just trying and figuring out. So I realized like how much I hold my brake when I like back up a trailer. I'm like, just let the truck go. Like it, it's not a big deal. So I realized, you know, in so many different aspects, how I hold the brakes on myself, you know, right. and that was a, a very big learning moment this year. And, you know, and he wasn't even talking about any of that. He just was making fun of me because I was unloading concrete blocks. <laughs> he was just picking on me. But his comment, like it just really hit me that way that day. And so that's something that I keep in mind with like so many different things that I do on a day-to-day basis where I'm like holding myself back and I shouldn't because I can do it. I just have to try. I feel like a lot of women out there unknowingly hold themselves back right you don't even realize it right you don't even realize you're doing it it's a hundred percent right you don't even realize you're doing it I am very very bad about asking for help and that pretty much those two things have been like a huge turning point in the last month so one thing that I do a lot is I'm like super shy. I get really embarrassed really easily. And I've really challenged myself the last few weeks to to, like when my boss says, oh, will you or do you want to? I go, yes, sure. That's great. Because if I let my brain take over, I'll be like, no. He taught me the other day. I had never used a nail gun before because I'd never had one. And he has one of those little pass load with the the fuel cells. And he's like, do you want to put this trim up? I said, yep. Before I would have been like, well, why don't you like show me first and then I'll try it. But I just was like, yeah, sure. Tell me what to do. Building my confidence up that way and not holding myself back. Stop holding the brakes on myself because before I would have held off and been like, no, like I'm kind of nervous too. But I just was like, yeah, put it in my hand. Let's do it. And so that has been a really big thing for me so far was just like not even fully listening to the question first, but just being like, yep, sure. Because you never know until you try. And if you don't try, you're going to wonder about it the rest of your life. So I just have been trying to take on every opportunity I can. That's wonderful. All right, Mackenzie, thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. I enjoyed it so much. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely loved it. And I'm sure if some of our listeners have questions, maybe I can pass them on to you. Absolutely. That's so great. That's so great. Thank you so much, Mackenzie. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to chat with you. Speaking with Mackenzie has got me energized. Her story about her grandfather on the tractor really resonates with me. Can you think of a time when you held down the brakes on yourself? I can. I used to hold the brakes on myself, constantly stopping my own momentum. I held myself back, particularly with negative self-talk. Isn't it crazy how the human brain reinforces the negative? Simon Sinek does a great presentation on this subject. I've seen him in a YouTube video where he's talking about if you say, I can't, I can't, I can't, you basically reinforce that you can't. And he talks about how skiers know this concept very well. And in my experience, surfers know this concept very well. Surf destinations like Costa Rica are particularly great for beginners. Because you can surf year-round, and most Costa Rican breaks are sandy shore breaks. Meaning, if you fall, which as a beginner, you fall often, (laughs) you won't hit razor-sharp reef. This makes Costa Rica one of the number one surf destinations, which also means there are a lot of tourists and beginners there. 
Why do I bring this up? Well, if you've never surfed before, you may not be aware there are rules to being on the road or in the ocean, so to speak. You have a large group of people and a big mix, beginners, professionals, and advanced. When surfing, here are some basic rules. You're supposed to wait in what's called a lineup. You basically are waiting your turn. And if somebody is in a better position than you are to catch a wave, you're supposed to let them catch it. If you're sharing the ocean with surfers, it's kind of understood that you are responsible to stay out of the path of the surfer. Now, this being said, here I am, a beginner surfer in Costa Rica with my surf instructor by my side and in position. He yells, paddle. And I start paddling ferociously. As the wave starts to take form and pick up speed, I slide my legs underneath me. My adrenaline is coursing through my veins. I'm standing. I'm standing. I'm standing. As I try to feel the wave, I noticed immediately a teenage boy swimming right in my path. Shit. (laughs) Don't hit the boy. Don't hit the boy. Don't hit the boy. And can you guess what happened? I hit the boy. Luckily for both of us, no one was hurt, only my ego. And in my head, I was so confused because I was sure I was directing the board away from the boy. But as my surf instructor kindly explained, I was staring at the boy in my head saying, don't hit the boy as I stared directly at him, which kept my body positioning directly towards the boy, causing me to crash right into him. So saying you can't and telling yourself not to will surely cause the exact opposite (laughs) of what you're intending. Another cool thing is look at where you want to go in life. So it was a real pleasure speaking with Mackenzie Pearl, a carpenter who no longer holds herself back. She reminds us to let the tools do what they are designed to do. Thank you for joining us. If you felt a spark in today's episode, I invite you to write a review. I'd love to hear what lit you up. Take what resonates with you. And if you'd like to hear more of The Sparky Life, please subscribe, like, follow, and share. Until next time, create the sparks in your life.